0: All right, I Heart Steam listeners, this is the last podcast of 2020, and I have a huge special announcement for you today. We are going to get back to the basics of STEM and STEAM today for a 2021 kickoff. It's going to be amazing. Welcome to the iHeart Steam podcast with your host, Bonnie Kirkley. Bonnie has been working in the STEAM education profession for the past 12 years. Her mission is to share her story with educators like you that love STEM, STEAM, and project-based learning. Currently, she works with a team of educators creating the ultimate STEAM certified school. Let her share the good, the bad, and the joyful with you in her STEAM journey. Learn everything you will ever need to know about STEM and STEAM education right here. Now, here is your host, Bonnie Kirkley. All right, welcome everyone. I am so very excited to enjoy talking with you today about STEM and STEAM and bring it back to the foundations and fundamentals that we need to really make a lasting impression with our students and create that culture. First, I have to tell you that STEM and STEAM, it's, it's really not a class. It's okay to have a class that's focused on STEM or STEAM But it's more of a culture that you cultivate and get students used to using the language so that they have a new perspective on everything that you do in your classroom. So today is all about what is STEM? What is STEAM? How much do I know about it as a culture? And when and where should I start with my students? So first, I have a question. And... I often ask my students this question and think, gosh, I wish they could do a better job of answering it. So here's the question. It's a couple of questions, actually. What would your students answer to this if you asked them these five questions? What is science? What is technology? What is engineering? What is art? And what is mathematics? What do you believe they would say? Do you think they would basically give you that deer in headlights look? Or could they really just spit it out and tell you exactly what science is? You know, all these ideas, they entail lots of tasks, but they're sort of abstract when you think about them. Can they really answer these questions? And I have been asking myself this for a very, very long time. When I first began teaching science about 14 years ago to fifth graders, and I always, I actually always taught it in my 18 years of teaching because I was a first grade teacher to start out. I just taught that segment, and I may have said, okay, it's time for science. But I never really gave a good explanation of what we're doing while we're doing it. So, after asking that question a few years ago, I realized I needed to make some changes. And I needed to make those changes now to really make an impact with STEM or STEAM. And I, like I said, I've told you before, I work at a STEAM focused school. So, we also incorporate the arts. Here's another question. Do they know how a scientist, a tech expert, engineer, artist, or mathematician see the world? Do they know much about their perspectives when they look at things, when they see problems, when they make observations? Do they know what questions come into their mind? In order to really make an impact with your students, using STEM or using STEAM, they need to know what those concepts are and then also how experts in the field would see the world and how they would question the observations that they make. You know, this is something we need to practice This is something that takes consistent practice, by the way. One way that I practice it, I have a couple of ways. Um, I have a Steam Corner where I have a list of questions posted for each one of those experts that they may ask themselves when they see the world, when they're looking at a problem, when they're making observations, and I teach those on a regular basis And then we take time to observe images, not always an image. Maybe it's like a little science experiment that I show them or some kind of art, something that was built. Lots of different ways that you can bring this into the classroom. And then we practice, okay, well, what would a scientist say if he was looking at this or she was looking at this? And then we also practice what the other tech experts would say when they looked at that same thing. And I usually do this for about a week or two weeks. And then another way that I do uh, that is I use something called See, Think, Wonder. And if you've really, really dug into those questions that those tech experts answer or think of, then when you use see think wonder which is basically you present an image of the same you know concept as i mentioned before and you ask them what they see what they think and what they wonder and if they have been practicing all of those questions and looking at things from a scientist perspective from a tech expert perspective an engineer's perspective an artist's perspective it's much easier for them To first tell you what they see, which would be exactly what they see. Then tell you what they think. So they're just going to tell you what they're thinking about what they see. And then what they wonder. The wonder part is hard because they have to have practiced all of those questions. You know, they have to take it a step further. Like, what do they wonder would happen next? What happened right before? Does it make them have a new idea? All of those things. So... That is getting back to the foundations. You need to build those foundations, especially when students are first starting with STEM or STEAM. We start in kindergarten, and I deliver all of those lessons to them in a five week format. I've done a podcast on that before, and I also have a blog post on it. But they can't just stop in kindergarten. Every single year, it has to be practiced over and over. So, all of my teachers use an area, just like I mentioned, called the STEAM Corner, and they just incorporate it into their daily um, meeting area. And they don't, they might keep one image or one object that they're looking at there for a week or two. It takes a lot of practice. Through discussion, we make our greatest. Collaborations, critical thinking, and creative ideas, especially when we discuss with others and we learn how to participate in a discussion, which is difficult for all students because all students want to be heard. I do have some tips for discussion. Um, I, you know, I actually cannot remember if I've mentioned this in a podcast, but I do know I have a blog post about it. I don't like the raise your hand to talk. I hate it because everybody raises your, their hand. How do you choose one? And we forget. And then sometimes I don't like to stop the conversation and call someone. So what I do in my classroom is teach them thinking and speaking, or excuse me, listening and speaking skills. I put it on the student to be responsible to make the person they want to talk to, ready to listen. So I teach them to first make eye contact with the person you want to speak to. Next, make sure they are not already talking, because if anyone is already in the middle of a conversation and speaking, they can't hear what you say. They only hear their own voice. And then you have to go through that. I didn't hear you. Can you repeat what you said? So next, I ask them to do a double check. If the first two, you've got the eye contact, you've got, you made sure they're not talking already, and you know they're ready to listen to you because they are waiting and looking, then go ahead and talk. And we practice it all the time. It takes consistent practice. It does. And whenever they mess up a little bit. I just say, are you practicing our listening and speaking skills? And immediately they just get quiet. Might be mid-sentence, but they'll get quiet. And I finish what I was doing with the person I was having a conversation with or the instructions that I was giving. And then I go back to that student. And sometimes I do have to say, we don't have time to continue this discussion but it's important to me and I will make time to get back to you. I hope that's okay. Another thing that I tell them is that everything that they say is important to me and I want to hear it. And they need to make sure that I hear it. Because if they had the they took the time to tell me, I will, you know, it must have been important to them. And I like for them to practice these skills when they're talking to their friends and other students in the classroom as well. And practicing this on a daily basis really helps out. And I don't have students raise hands. I know you think, oh my gosh, how can she do that? But it works. I'm telling you it works. We have the poster in the classroom. We practice it over and over. And yes, yes in kindergarten and first grade when we first start practicing this when they come into my classroom. I have gifted students come to the classroom. I open up my classroom to the rest of the students also because I believe that everyone should get a chance to participate in the creativity and critical thinking ideas and activities that I do in my classroom. It does take some time with kindergarten and first grade but eventually they make such progress and the best part because i'm consistent by the time they're in fifth grade they know exactly what i'm talking about why do we need this and why do we need that steam foundation built because every lesson classroom activity that uses stem or steam at all should be based on the four C's for 21st century learners. What are they? Critical thinking, creativity, collaboration, and communication. These were developed by corporations, and these are the top four things that they look for when hiring new employees. Can they communicate? Can they collaborate? Can they critically think? And can they be creative? So that is why STEM and STEAM instruction, especially in elementary school, is so important. If these foundations are laid in elementary school, it's much, much easier for them when they move into middle school and when they go into high school. It just helps. A recent podcast I had, um, Holly from Flying Color Science on And she said to us that, I asked her, what is the one thing that you would like elementary teachers to know that would help you out? And she said, and this is one of the number one things that I promote, she said to help students understand that failure is okay and that you're going to have to do things over and over and over and don't expect to get it right the first time. That is also a huge, huge part of building the foundations of STEM and STEAM. Why is this important? Early STEM cannot wait. We have a STEM job crisis. We are losing people in the STEM field. They start out thinking that they want to do it, but they haven't had enough of that practice and get discouraged, and leave the field. It fosters a love of learning early on. An early STEM keeps the foundational instruction where it should be, early. So, elementary teachers, I am talking to you. Get it going in your classroom. You do not have to be a STEM or STEAM teacher to have a STEM or STEAM-based classroom. You may be saying to me, I don't know enough about STEM. I don't know enough about STEAM. And I thought STEM and STEAM were more about coding and robotics. Not true. It is a culture that you develop. And you have to work on it consistently. And you start with these foundations. So I want to challenge you in the new year. And when we go back to school in January, it's okay to start over building these foundations. Tell them you are excited, you've got something new you want to work on. Maybe you've done a STEM challenge before, maybe you didn't like it, maybe it you did like it, maybe you want to do more of it. Go back and build these foundations and tell them that we are on an exciting journey to turn our classroom into a STEM or STEM classroom all day. And that brings me to my special announcement. Yes, teachers, you can use STEM or STEAM integrated throughout your entire day in your guided reading, in your math groups, in your math time, in your writing time, which is the perfect time. I've told you before I started using it when I was a fifth grade E-L-A teacher to boost engagement and get students to want to write. When they are invested and have ownership in the projects that they're doing, they don't have a problem doing anything that you ask them to do for that project. And again, I said invested and have ownership. We get the investment when we create empathy by using the design process or engineering design process. And when they are so excited because it is theirs, you really have no problem. And how do you make it theirs? You take your content, throw out a few ideas, see what develops with your students, and let them decide what to do next. It's their project. Make it their project. And when you do these things, you're going off of what they plan and all you're doing is showing them how to use a process for planning, like engineering design process. You're taking them through those things. You are not doing all of the work. They are. And that is where you get the value of STEM and STEAM in the classroom because that kind of learning where they have ownership, where they are invested, will not be forgotten, and it will be retained. You just kind of have to do some magical weaving in of your content standards and always make a project start with driving questions that encompass the projects, or excuse me, encompass the standards that you're needing to cover. So again, my special announcement, here we are. I know that I've probably not given you enough information to really kick it off in 2021. So I am hosting a masterclass roadmap to STEAM or STEM for you in January. I want you to be on the lookout for it. You cannot sign up yet, but it will be coming in the next few weeks. And it is totally free. It includes an amazing workbook. We'll be working for somewhere between 45 minutes to an hour. And you will have a much clearer vision on how to kick 2021 off with STEM and STEAM foundations the right way and create greater student success, improve your achievement, and get hyper-engaged students. So, what can you do now to get prepared for this master class? I can't. Well, first of all, I want you to be excited about it. Tell me you're excited about it. I want you to get looking for it. Be on the lookout for it. Get on my email list. And right now in the episode notes, download my 9 tip STEM STEAM guide for the Ultimate STEM and STEAM Classroom. Grab it if you haven't already gotten it and go ahead and take a read through it. I'm excited. I can't wait for this masterclass. I've been working on it for months and I just think that you are going to take away so much from this and be excited about school starting back because I will be honest with you, there is, you know, summer, when summer's over and we start back to school, that's one thing. But I never get the... You know, the ho-hum downers like I do after Christmas break and starting back in January. January is just like that gray month for me. And so this year, I made the New Year's resolution already to make my January my firework month. And that is what I'm doing. I want to help you make it your firework month too by asking you to join this masterclass and get my Steam Guide for free. All of this resource, all of these resources are free to you. I'm excited. I want to tell you thank you for listening today. And as always, please subscribe. And if you enjoyed today's show, please kindly leave a review. And now I have one question for you. Do you, I heart steam too? I'll see you in 2021.